Hi everyone, welcome to the podcast edition of Sunset Moms for November 21st, 2019. First we're going to hear a introduction of our speaker um, by Kim Walters, and then you'll get to hear Sabrina Walters speak about attachment parenting. I hope you enjoy it. I know that it was just what my heart needed last week. It is my honor to introduce Sabrina Walters this morning. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist, has three grown boys, has been married for more than 30 years, and has served in ministry most of her life. My story with Sabrina, she was my small group youth leader in high school along with her husband, Eric, and she is an includer. She always has been. You actually have to ask her if you want her to come by herself and not bring anyone along. She invited me to go along to pick up her son, Clayton, from Europe at the airport. I'd never met him before, but tons of kids were going to welcome him home, so I tagged along. Being included in their family was one of the greatest blessings I could have ever received. That trip to the airport when I was 15. Little did I know that boy would become my husband not only eight years later. But I also got Sabrina, one of my best friends, now as my mother-in-law. She has been there for me every time from midnight feedings with my newborns to the hospital delivery room to me freaking out during full-time working in a nursing strike with my first baby and countless more. But she's always turned me back to God and encouraged me that my parenting instincts were correct and to listen to them. I hope this brief window into parenting and how she raised her boys will bless you and you will be encouraged. I know I have been by her wisdom. Okay. Now it's on, so I have to be official. (laughs) Oh, parenting. So last year, you heard from me about, if those of you who were here, about um, marriage and sex. And, um, And if that wasn't hard enough, you know, there's always, it's always gonna be tricky. We're gonna step on toes, we're gonna say the wrong thing, we're going to offend people. It's just, you know, laden with, many different landmines that we can step on but then you know they asked me to talk about parenting and i also believe that it's really laden with a lot of landmines because there are so many ways to approach parenting and honestly i bet you're all doing good enough so that's what i'm going to talk about today is good enough parenting because none of us are perfect Far from it, you know. Um, Kim, you know, maybe has not seen all of the days when I just was at home with the boys, and I can remember being in my pajamas, this is when they were little, all day long because I had no energy to actually do anything except for let them just kind of run the house. It was like cereal all over the place and dishes here and there, and a fort upstairs and downstairs not just in one area but everywhere and Eric comes home and he's like are you okay <laughs> I'm like yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm good how are you <laughs> um, dinner have no clue cereal it's all over just pick a bowl go for it <laughs> You know, we got through those times, and many of you are in the thick of those times right now. 
And my, my heart goes out to you because us mentor moms, we've all been there. We have been there, we have done that. We, and we have had days when we have not felt like even good enough parents. But I want you to know that you are good enough. Uh, even on those days, and maybe especially on those days when the house is a mess and the kids are out of control and you haven't strangled any of them. Good enough, good enough. So I was um, introduced to, today I'm gonna talk about attachment parenting. And it's kind of gotten the big buzz lately, but um, I actually, when I was a new therapist, went to a training about this, I think it was like in 2004, 2005, because I was teaching the early years program for um, early intervention and uh, with youth contact out in Hillsboro. And um, I was really struck by this. And it was the very, well, I had just heard about attachment styles and that kind of thing when I was in grad school. Hadn't heard about any of that beforehand. So this is early 2000s that I first got a, a, an introduction to attachment styles. And it has been gaining, you know, steam and credibility in in the realm of psychology and parenting and all that. And then as I look back at my life, I'm like, yeah, I think we I think we all do this just naturally. It's not it's not rocket science. So nothing I'm going to say is really rocket science. But what I want to show you today is uh, the 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 correlation between how God has parented us and how attachment style parenting really works because it's actually how God designed us to parent because that's how he parents us. So, and I don't say that to say you have to parent like God because, you know, he is perfect, but uh, to say that he wired us for this kind of connection with our kids. Now, I'm guessing that a lot of you already know actually tons more than I do about this style, so please forgive me if this is just all absolute review for you. And so, here we go. Click. I love this picture. We do not believe in ourselves until someone reveals that deep, that deep inside us something I'm sorry, I'm going to start again. We don't believe in ourselves until someone reveals that deep inside us something is valuable, worth listening to, worthy of our trust, sacred to our touch. Once we believe in ourselves, then we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. This is E.E. E. Cummings. He wrote that a long time ago. But I think it really resonates with me on how best to live life, not just parent, but to live life. The first and most important thing, if you remember nothing else I say today, is delight in me. Delight is that feeling of like, you are the most amazing person in the world and I adore you. The delight in me is the cornerstone of attachment parenting. And I get it, our kids aren't always delightful, for sure, they're not always delightful. 
However, whenever we can delight in them, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to, to build on that. I remember someone once told me, I'm so thankful for this, they once told me, take pictures of your kids when they're doing naughty things or when they've made horrible messes. And this is when we had actual cameras. We didn't have a phone in our pocket all the time. And I remember Clayton, Kim's husband, was my first child. And <laughs> one time he was probably, I don't know, 14, 16 months, like something like that. And for some reason we had a bunch of boxes in our dining room and it was kind of away from the kitchen. So you had to like intentionally go in there to get to the dining room. And there was Vaseline in there too. And I don't know why, I have no idea. <laughs> he, he had gotten Vaseline and he had like slicked back his hair and he like covered his whole self with it and he covered every box and the floor. It was, it was a shiny mess. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I went and got the camera and I took a picture of it. It's in his baby book. Another time um, we had uh, cleaned out our uh, fireplace and we had left the bucket of soot on, on the patio, thank God. And I put him outside to play basketball and he's like two at this time. And the basketball obviously was not very engaging, but the soot was. Now, thank God it had been a few days, so it wasn't hot or anything. But this kid had been like throwing it into the air. And I came out and all I saw were two little white eyes. It was awesome. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And I'm so thankful that someone told me take pictures. I took a picture of that one. I took a lot of pictures like that. So it, to me, that was, you know, even in the crazy, messy times, take delight, take delight, and then have a fit and clean it up and make them help you and all that good stuff. <laughs> but first, take time to delight in, in their messes. Next slide. So unconditional love. This is the other cornerstone, if there's two cornerstones to this, um, a, this attachment theory, of, it's called circle of security. Um, it's unconditional love. And I mean, that's as, as old as, as God is, right? God loves us unconditionally. We can mess up, we can not follow God, and he still loves us. And if you don't know that, that's, that's the truth. That is the literal gospel truth that even when we didn't love him, he still loves us. And that's another reason I love this idea of this attachment, because God wants to have this attachment with us. And so, so he made a way, and we're gonna talk about that in a minute. But this unconditional love, and I remember, I don't know if this has happened to you yet, I guarantee it probably will at some point. But I remember so well when my kids, I think all three of them went through it. I hate you. I'm like, oh, I know you hate me. <laughs> Doggone it. It's just the hardest day in the world. Oh, and I love you. I know you hate me, honey, but I love you. And I'm never going to stop loving you even when you hate me. And then, of course, when they are in high school, they repeat their toddler years. I don't know if anyone's warned you, but it happens. Prepare yourself, brace yourself for it. 
is they're once again going to say it again. I hate you. You have no idea what I'm going through. Oh, I know. I don't have a clue what you're going through. But I really love you, and I'm going to be here for you, even when you hate me. Even when they say, I'm going to grow up and I'm not going to listen to you anymore, <laughs> which is what Lucia told us the other day in the car. <laughs> My granddaughter, she's like, I don't have to listen to you when I'm old, Mommy. And we're like, where did that come from? <laughs> okay, sweetie, that's okay. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> and I'll love you through that time, too. <laughs> yeah, this unconditional love, it's a, it's a real thing. I think you all know what that's like, because that's, that's, that's what we do. We, we just fall in love with these little creatures that invade our life and feel like our life will never be the same. And you're right, it will never be the same. It just never will, ever. So, um, the premise of attachment is a question that we all ask, three questions that we ask ourselves, probably subconsciously in vitro, all the way until we're in our grave. Are you there for me? Will you come when I call? And do I matter? These questions are so essential that if we don't feel this in our most significant relationships, we won't feel secure. And all of us came from imperfect parents, just like we're going to be imperfect parents. I think it's funny because I, I did think to myself as my kids were growing up, I'm sure that I am creating um, job security for future therapists. <laughs> and then funny, funnily, I became a therapist myself, and, and now I'm positive that I created future fodder for the therapy couch for my children. We're all doing our best, right? And we will not be able to be there 100% of the time. And, and we won't be able to validate our children 100% of the time, just like our parents weren't. So my husband talks about this. We talk about this in our conference quite a bit um, because it has so much to do with our, our relationship and our marriage as well is we want to make sure that our beloved is there for us, that, that we feel like we matter to them, that when we need them, they will come. But our parents weren't perfect, and they made mistakes, and they would not have always been there for us. They didn't always make us feel like we matter. To really, honestly, most of the time, I would say 80% of the time, if you see the charts of, of secure attachment, that was good enough parenting. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> this, is, this is a really important statistic. If you get it right 30% of the time, if you're doing that 30%, 30%, I'm like, dang, I can do 30%. That's all it takes to have good enough parenting because we have so many ruptures in our relationship with our kids and we have so many opportunities for repair. If we're rupturing 70% of the time, but we, we are always trying to repair and we only get it right 30% of the time, we're doing okay. That's the really good news for the day. 
it is super encouraging, right? So, but the truth of the matter is some of us came for parent, from parents that weren't good enough. That's the other, you know, 20 to 30% of parenting. And that created in us some anxiety, some avoidance, like I can't trust you and you weren't there for me. And, and it can cause some maybe even ambivalence um, in relationships. And so I want you to know that we're not gonna talk a ton about that today. Maybe that'll be a different topic another day. But just know that we all didn't really come through the whole parenting thing that was parenting to us with perfect people. And so we all have little, I call them cracks in our sidewalks. Times when we, we weren't probably taken care of the way we should have been. For me, my mom is a saint. I mean, ask anyone who knows her. She loves the Lord, always has. She's been through a hell of a lot in her life. My dad left us emotionally, who knows how early in my life, but he definitely left our family by the time I was about 10 or 11. And there were times when my mom just emotionally couldn't be there for me. And there's this story of, um, that we all laugh about, but it's really terrifying. I was little, I was probably six, I was just crawling, so anywhere between six months and a year. And my mom had four kids by this time and was babysitting two or three others by herself. And she was struggling, struggling with postpartum depression. Now we know that. But I crawled out the front door and we lived on a highway and I crawled up over the embankment. I crawled into the middle of the road and I sat on the yellow line and I stopped traffic. Someone picked me up, brought me back to the house. Now we laugh about that, right? It's like, whoa, that's crazy. What a crazy story. And in my family, they, they thought that was funny. There's like six stories like that. None of them as dangerous as that one, but pretty close. They found me in the dryer once. They found me on top of the refrigerator. How did this happen? Obviously, I was not being well watched. So <laughs> there are times when I have anxiety. And, and that's probably the birthplace of that, I'm guessing, you know, stopping traffic at six months old in the middle of the road. But, but my mom, honestly, I believe she was a good enough parent, even though some of these really hard things happened. So I just say that to you to say your, your kids probably haven't been found in the middle of the highway, so you're doing okay. <laughs> okay, so click. So we are not alone, like I said, God was our first model of being an attachment parent. And I've given this a lot of thought and I've had to condense my thoughts down to, you know, 20 or 30 minutes or however long I have today. But the question is, are you there for me? That's that first attachment question. And I think about it and I think Jesus left the comfort of heaven to be with us. And then when he had to leave to go back to heaven, he said, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. Now, as believers, the Holy Spirit resides in us. He lives in us. And, and, and even Jesus said, you will have the mind of Christ. Now, I can't hard, I, I haven't even begun to wrap my mind around that, that I actually have access 
to the mind of Christ. So when I ask the question, God, are you there for me? Sometimes he feels so distant. But then I remember that as I draw near to him, I, my brain is reminded that I already have Holy Spirit in me. I have the mind of Christ. So he is with me. He never, ever leaves me. He promises that, and he hasn't left me. Even when I feel abandoned, it's me stepping away from him. And then I have to look back and say, oh yeah, if I start worshiping, then I start to feel the presence of God again. If I start reading my Bible, I'm reminded that, that we're connected, that he's not gone anywhere. It's been me that's kind of ventured away just like our kids do from us, right? They venture away and they want to turn around and make sure we're still there. They want to look and see. And so we do that same dance with God. Next slide. So um, will you come when I call? And I think that this is the same, same illustrations as I la used last slide. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's a promise. And I could have listed hundreds of other promises from the Bible. And I think that that's really key when we are struggling and we're feeling so alone. And we are left at home alone with kids maybe. And, and we feel like we're isolated. I can just call out to God and he is there for me. He promises he will never leave us. He will not forsake us. I believe he will never leave you. Even if you leave him, I believe he is still with you. There's different theological ideas about that, but that's my belief because that's been my experience. When I've tried to step away from God, I shared with you last year that I had an affair. We won't go into that because I talked about it last year, but during that time, I asked God to turn his face away from me. And you know what he did? He stayed with me. He stayed with me. He lived with me in the shame. He kept reminding me, I love you even when you're really, 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 really naughty. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let go of you. I've got you. This is what our kids need to know too. I've got you even when you cannot even begin to feel my love or get rid of the shame enough to know that you are loved. Next slide. So I love this, this verse or this, the song, but it comes from a verse that Jesus, if, even if there's a 99 sheep that are on the hill and he will and he's caring for all of them. And then he does the count and he realizes, oh my gosh, one of my babies is missing. One of my sheep, I am going to run after it. And, and I've heard actually really recently, that doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't seem like a good idea to leave the hundred kids to go after the one until you are that one, until you are that one that really, really needs a rescuer. That's the kind of love. Will you come when I call? 
That's the kind of love God has for us, and that's what he wants for us. So, you know, some of us have a whole bunch of kids, and sometimes one kid is just asking for a lot more attention than the others, and we have to go get that one. <laughs> um, and, and I think that we have to trust that God's going to take care of the others while we really have to focus on the one. And remember the whole good enough thing? You only have to be good enough <laughs> to the others while you're being extraordinary to one. It's okay. It'll all work its way out. It'll, it'll, it'll be okay. You don't have to stress about that because Jesus showed us that he is willing to go after the one. And when we need him to be, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that he modeled that for us. Next slide. And the last one of those three questions is, do I matter? So God sent his one and only son. We've been here at Sunset, we've been studying the, the stories of the Old Testament and the promises that they reflect into the, the future. And Abraham and Isaac was a story that they shared recently about God promised him this son and then all of a sudden, he wanted him to go up on a mountain and sacrifice his son. But he prepared a lamb, a ram for that sacrifice. And somehow, Abraham even knew that that was going to be the end of the story. Because before he leaves his group down in the valley to go up to the mountain where he said he was going to give a sacrifice, he didn't have a ram, he didn't have a lamb. He had a knife, he had the wood. Isaac was carrying the wood, very interesting. He said, we'll be back in three days. We will be back in three days. That really stood out to me as I was studying that passage. He knew that God was gonna, I mean, somewhere deep in his soul, he didn't know how, but he knew that God was the God that he could trust and that God was somehow gonna spare his son. Well. That was an echo of the story of the cross. But when Jesus came, he and, and Heavenly Father decided together, yes, this is what we have to do in order to make a bridge so that these people can completely, 100% be in relationship with us. We have to do this. We need a sacrifice that can cover all the sin and and cause us to be in relationship again. And to me, there is no bigger skywriting than God saying, I'm gonna give my son so that I can be in relationship with you because that's why I created you, for relationship. And that's why I created you, so you can have relationship with each other. And without having that sacrificial love, I don't think we would know how to have sacrificial love for our children or for each other or for our spouse. God loves us so much that he wanted that relationship. And on top of that, he sings over us. He delights in us. Going back to slide number one, don't do that. But I, I'm just saying that delight thing, Next slide. 
I love this passage in Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He takes delight in us, people. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you. He will rejoice over you. This is a promise. This is what we feel as we connect with him through worship and through learning about him, is we experience that when we get to step into that deep, intimate relationship with him. Okay, so next slide. This is the circle of security. This is the training I told you I went to many, many, many years ago, but it has really held in my heart very strongly. And we're gonna watch a video in a few minutes, but I'm just gonna quickly give you the premise of this. It's not rocket science, people. It's not rocket science. So the circle of security says, I hold you with these secure hands. And when the little kids are running out, they might say, I need you too. So, and, and then I'm going to give the support. I'm gonna support their exploration and I'm gonna delight in them as I, as I do that. Um, even when they don't look like they need you, they still need you to be in close proximity. Some, as they get older and older, the proximity goes farther and farther out. And what they need while they're exploring and they're going out of the circle in that way, watch over me, help me when I need help, enjoy me, and enjoy, enjoy with me these, ex, these experiences, this exploration, the growth, all the learning that they're doing, and delight in me, delight in me. And then coming back towards the secure base, that's what we are, the safe haven, the secure base, is when they've fallen down and bumped their knee or scraped their head or had a horrible breakup with their girlfriend or whatever stage of life they're at or you know flunked a test, then welcome them coming back to you and protect me comfort me again delight in me even when they're whining and complaining and crying and being frustrating still delight in me organize my feelings there's a saying out there in the psychobabble world neurons that fire together wire together now something that my generation didn't know we didn't know that at all so we would try to make it better. But what I really need to do is to say, oh, this is so hard. I know, I know you're feeling really frustrated, angry, sad, lonely, betrayed. You name the emotion that you're feeling from them. And then that helps to wire new neural pathways so that they can be like in the future when they're older, they can be like, oh, this is the feeling of betrayal. And that was really hard. But my mom was with me back there when I felt betrayed. So I'm gonna be okay. 
it's it's we want to create those neurons and those neural pathways and it's it it is kind of rocket science but it really when you kind of dumb it down it isn't it's just naming the feelings it's a really important thing that's what they mean by organizing the feelings so this is what is required of us almost everything I need to know about being a parent in 25 words or less always be bigger stronger wiser and kind whenever possible follow your child's need whenever necessary take charge so that was a little hard for me at times when they were exploring and I had three very adventuresome boys and I must have I don't know that I did a very good job at all of this because we made really good friends with the ER nurses literally they became some of our best friends that's not a good thing you should not know the ER nurses so well but I did allow my kids to explore and adventure and they had lots and lots of bumps and bruises and whatnot because they are adventuresome boys they love climbing and jumping and all sorts of boy things so I maybe didn't do as much of this thing taking charge when I needed to maybe I should have done more of that that's that's the fodder for the therapeutic couch right but I I think that this is something that probably comes really naturally to most of you and whether whether you were maybe a little too anxious or a little avoidant because maybe they, your parents weren't around a lot and didn't take care of you, you will go one way overly careful or you will be a little bit too permissive. So that's something that you can press into and I'm gonna give you some resources to really dive into what is your attachment style. Um, but that's an important, important thing to understand about yourself. So again, I'm gonna show you this slide just to bring it home again. Watch over me, delight in me, help me, and enjoy with me. We can do this, people. We got this. We got this. I love this because it's kind of just naturally what we do. And I think it's really nice to be given permission that this is really all it takes, right? Okay, we're gonna watch this video. I think it's about three minutes long. So, hopefully it comes right up. Yay. Parents, we all wonder if we're getting it right. We want to know when meeting our children's needs, helping them grow, and giving them all that we can. We try to combine our own experience of being parented with the advice of others and our own instincts and beliefs about what is best. And still, we so often worry that we're not succeeding. In a world that is always offering the next best parenting solution, the circle of security is based on decades of attachment research. Unlike many behavioral perspectives, it offers relationship tools to provide a new way of understanding your children's needs, creating lasting security for them and more satisfaction for you. The circle graphic has been created to help you know what to look for so you can read your children's behavior to guide you in meeting their needs. It's really not complicated. People of all ages have attachment needs. 
These needs can be divided in three ways. Let's look at this child. First, he needs to know the freedom and confidence to go out and explore his world. Second, he needs to feel assured that whenever he's ready, he can come back for comfort and protection. Third, he needs his caregiver to be in charge in a kind way. Three basic needs that can be thought of as going out on the circle, coming in on the circle, and hands on the circle. Let's have a look in more detail. Feeling safe and supported, our children want to discover their world. When going out, they need to know that their exploration is encouraged, that we're right there watching over them, delighting in them, offering help when needed, and ready to enjoy their new adventures with them. And when they're coming in, they need us to refill their emotional cup. This means organizing their emotions and letting them know we are delighted to welcome them back, protect, comfort, and understand them. The key for us as parents is to remain strong and kind while knowing when to encourage their going out into the world and how to be available to welcome them back to us. It's crucial that we learn to identify our children's needs like this because misreading them, or worse, missing them altogether, can cause pain and frustration. We all know how uncomfortable it can be to be held too close when we want to be out exploring or kept at a distance when we need emotional support or simply to be without someone who is bigger, stronger, wiser and kind who we can trust to understand what we need when we're feeling lost, confused or out of control. When a child misbehaves, the cause is often rooted in how safe and secure they're feeling. So it's not surprising that they behave well when a parent learns to tune into their child's needs on the circle in this way. And because our needs on the circle never disappear, learning to read cues can help you better understand and meet the needs of people of all ages, including your own. So that's all there is to it. Just know that at any given moment, your child is somewhere on the circle asking you to meet a need. Support my going out. Welcome my coming in. Be the hands that keep me safe by staying in charge and committed to helping me feel connected. And please remember this. There's no such thing as perfect parenting. At Circle of Security, we've come to realize that good enough is, well, good enough. All of us are going to miss needs on the circle time and again. Welcome to the club. But if we meet our children's needs enough of the time, the results will be happier, healthier, more secure children, and parents too. So there's that good news again. We're gonna miss, we're gonna miss their cues time and time again. But if we get it enough, 30% of the time, we're doing good enough parenting. I love that. I wanna leave you basically with that. So click, click, click. So basically there are a few more attachment styles in this, but this is the basic ones, the anxious, avoidant, or secure. I think we all have a little bit of all of them. The more we understand ourselves, the sooner we will change the patterns in our parenting styles and therefore our legacy for our children. So if you struggle with anxiety or feeling inadequate as a parent, I would dig into that a little bit.
but also just remember you're doing good enough okay the last slide shows some resources there's three books the first one is I can't read it oh thank you I forgot I did this late last night wired for love um, and this is very much about the circle of security and your attachment styles and it helps you understand the general concepts of it um, written by these people as well as the far one raising a secure child and the middle one is love sense and that one is specifically for marriage and marital relationships and understanding attachment style and how it um, how it influences your marriage so these are some great reading materials they're actually all on audible which I love that way I can listen to them and do other things because we're all multitaskers but I just want to leave you with that idea that that God is our first parent and he showed us how to do this and he didn't leave us without resources we have each other we have the Word of God we've got um, a lot of professionals that understand this this these days and also there's these resources on the web and I found this at the circle of security international.com so I would really encourage you there's a ton of free resources on there and they're really helpful tons of videos that are just helpful to remind yourself of the good things that you're doing and to encourage you on the things that you need help with. So thank you so much.